Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. I am Jillian, your host for today's episode, and I'm joined today by one of our founding mamas, Anne. How are you today? I am always terrific when I'm hanging out with you, Jillian. Oh, man. What a gift to have you here. (laughs) We have a dear friend of Springs in the Desert back uh, today for another episode. Um, We have Victoria Cerise, who is a photographer and a co-host of the Catholic Wedding Podcast, back with us today. We have recorded a few other episodes with Victoria, so if you don't know her yet or, or haven't heard her story before today's episode, I encourage you to just pause, go back to those episodes so you can get to know her a little bit better. But we are really so thankful to have you here, Victoria. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on here again. When I saw your email come in that you wanted to talk about uh, this topic today, which can be a little bit uh, difficult to talk about, we're just so grateful for your willing heart. And it's a cross that many people carry in the silence of their hearts and don't have someone to talk to. And so we really hope that this episode, listeners, is just a friend to walk with you wherever you are. Today, we're going to be talking about miscarriage and or pregnancy loss, as some people prefer to use those vocabulary. And so I just want to let our listeners know know that the evil one really wants us to compare each other's crosses. And we really hope today, listeners, to speak to you wherever you are on the path of infertility. We're certainly going to be discussing miscarriage and our stories as miscarriage is part of my story. And as you'll hear, it's also part of Victoria's story. But we know that this isn't the part of everyone's story. But because here at Springs in the Desert, we want to accompany everyone. We're there with you. We're sitting there holding your hand with this episode and we're here to support you. So I just want to jump in. I want to just talk a little bit about my story. And then Victoria, I I really want to hear yours and really give you space to to honor your stories. But as some of our listeners um, might already know, my husband and I, we got married in 2018. We finished college, and right as we finished college, we ended up moving almost across the country from Texas to South Dakota, so from the south almost all the way to the north. And once the week we moved back, we realized that we were miscarrying our first child, and it happened very quickly. I didn't even know I was pregnant quite yet. We had taken a test, but it was early, and then I was experiencing symptoms of loss, and it was just so sudden, and everything was changing so quickly for us that I really didn't even have time to process any of it. I I was trying to find a doctor I could go to immediately, but we were new to the area. I was trying to find pro-life doctor, a Christian doctor, someone who could relate to me and also offer me perhaps some of the mental health counseling that I, I might need. It was just so overwhelming. And my my husband was also in the middle of training for law enforcement. And so it just, yeah, it, it was such an overwhelming experience on top of the loss. And a few months later, my husband was away from, we were separated and living in different cities for months because of his training. It was pretty intense at the time. And I had figured that I might be pregnant and I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant, but I wasn't able to tell my husband in person yet. And so I, yeah, I was waiting to tell him in person and I wasn't going to be able to see him until I was at about the the 10 week mark where you might have your first appointment. And I had scheduled my first appointment. I was going to see him um, that day, that evening. Um, But I had scheduled my appointment on the day of, and I had gone into the appointment and discovered that our baby's heart was no longer beating. I had news to share with him, but it wasn't going to be the good news that I, I was hoping for. 
And yeah, the story of loss has really shaped our entire marriage. And then after those uh, two miscarriages, we had several years of infertility. And it's, yeah, it's a cross that after I started sharing it with people around me, I realized that there's a lot of women and couples around me who have either um, experienced loss or infertility, but it's such a hidden hidden cross. And really that's that's the work of the enemy who doesn't want to bring these things to light so that the Lord can speak into them. And so Victoria, I'm just so thankful for your willingness to, to share your story because I, I think that sometimes when we're able to hear someone's story, we can have more confidence that our story matters too and has value and worth and dignity. And so Victoria, I just I want to yeah, I want to give you some space to to share your story. So wherever you'd like to start, however much you'd like to share, I'll just let you do that now. Thank you. And I just want to say like I'm so sorry for your losses mm-hmm. as well. Miscarriage is absolutely devastating and I knew it was devastating like before, but especially going through it, it's just you can really like you put yourself in that shoes like truly and just how hard it really is. As you guys probably if you guys have heard of other episodes with me on it, me and my husband, we got married November 7th, 2020. So almost three years ago at this point. And so we experienced infertility for the first about two and a half years of our marriage, a little over two and a half years. And so it was a complete shock to me when I decided to take a pregnancy test. I've taken pregnancy tests in the past, but then I didn't for a while because I was like, this is too much. I'm sure everyone's been there before. And I was a little bit late and I was like, let me just take a test just to see. And I was like absolutely shocked to find out that I was pregnant. was not expecting it, but just figured I would take the test. And I was just like so excited. It was like right before my husband's birthday as well. So I was like, what a joy. This is like such a gift for him. And we were like cautiously optimistic because of like all of our infertility that we had gone through. Like I had an idea that like because it had been taking us so long, there might be like, we might experience miscarriage. So it it was in the back of my head, honestly, like at first, but we just decided to accept this joy and fully embrace it and be so excited. And unfortunately, I had to go away. I had to get go out of town for actually to photograph a couple of weddings. So I was going to be out of town for a couple of weeks. And unfortunately, we experienced miscarriage while I was out of town. So my husband was not even actually there. So similar to you, Jillian, like how you experienced this great loss while your husband was even out of town. So yeah, so it was like completely devastating to be like totally in a different state, like halfway across the country without my husband. Thankfully, my sister was there as well. So she was going to be photographing the wedding with me. So I wasn't like completely alone, but my husband wasn't able to come because it was just like with his work schedule and like the cost of flights. And it didn't really make sense for him to come to me. Like it made more sense for me to just go home. But actually one of my sister-in-law, Eliza, she's amazing. She lives about four hours from where I was. And she actually drove to me to be with me during the miscarriage and help me like process like the initial grief and to just be there for me stuff like that. So that was like absolutely incredible. But all this happened right before Father's Day. We miscarried three days before Father's Day. So there was also all of the like added grief of, oh, this is going to be our first Father's Day and everything like that. And then still having to go to mass and everything. And yeah, so it it was definitely like one cross after another, one heaviness after another. And this all happened, yeah, this past June of 2023. So yeah, it was definitely a really hard time, but I am grateful to be here, like you said, to talk more about this. I know for me, like hearing other people's story 
really helped. And I remember actually on the airplane, I think I was looking up your guys' podcast to see if you guys had anything about miscarriage. And I saw, I didn't see anything. And I was like, okay, eventually we got to do something about this. (laughs) That's where that came from. (laughs) Yeah, Victoria, thank you for sharing that. I want to dive a little bit deeper into some of those aspects. And, but one thing that came to mind as you were talking about that is that I, that maybe some of our listeners might be experiencing right now is this idea that sometimes the word miscarriage can be difficult because it implies that the woman didn't do something or failed at something or hurt. And I just want to speak truth into that reality that, yeah, our women who have experienced this or are experienced this or who may experience this in the future, you're doing and did exactly what you were able to do. That 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 is enough that the Lord doesn't want you to be at a lack of peace about this experience. That It is a tragedy. It was never meant to happen. Our our world is broken, but you are not a broken problem to be fixed or something like that. I just really want to speak into that because I, I... always ask, what if I did this? What if I had called the doctor earlier? What if I had taken this? What if I had eaten that? And that's not of the Lord. Certainly we can take care of ourselves, but just to know that you're doing what you need to do. And I just want to ask you to give some perspective to our wider audience about this topic. Yeah, again, Victoria, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I can't even imagine what it would be like, not only to go through something like that, but then to not have your husband there with you. So just, wow, how just amazing that you were, that you came through that with, with God's grace without your husband being there. It was interesting that you had said because of a couple years of infertility, you had it in the back of your mind, like this could be a possibility. And there's no way that anybody can be prepared, no matter how much you think this could happen. You cannot brace yourself for that. But it just brought to mind so many emails that we get from this community from women who have gotten that positive pregnancy test. And now after sometimes years and years of infertility, they finally find themselves pregnant and they convey this sense of fear. It's been so long that now I just feel like it's like a house of cards. When is it all going to fall down? So I just want to thank you for, for expressing that too, because I know that is definitely something you want to just embrace that joy especially if it's been years on this path. But I just want to acknowledge that for some, it can be hard to experience that joy fully because you are just thinking, what, when is the other shoe going to drop? And so, I don't know if you have a word just for those women who are in that situation. I don't know if you have any thoughts about, I don't know, how to have that good balance of, of joy in the middle of all that. I guess it's hard because like we had the joy and then we like lost it. So like my fears were like actually, I don't know, they came to fruition. But I guess I would just say try to ask God for peace during this time. No matter what happens, ask for peace and ask for joy and then try your best to like fully submit. And there's a book that I read that's called The Nursery of Heaven, and it's a really good book. And one of the stories, she was got pregnant after she had a miscarriage, and what she said was she wanted to enjoy every single day she had with that child. So she didn't want to waste those days in fear. She wanted to eat, and she did eventually miscarry that baby as well, but she didn't want to waste those days in fear. She wanted to enjoy every single second she had with that child. I guess that would be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, that reminds me of just the reality that God is in the present. 
he is not in the past or the future. Of course he is because he's outside of time, but that if we're putting ourselves in the past or memories of the past, God is working right now in the present and to just try to, in some way, to just thank him for that day and for that moment even. But I just, yeah, I really appreciate that, that perspective that just try to be yeah present to that joy that's today, no matter how long. Uh, that will last. And that's something that we say just generally in this community too, with regard to infertility, because if you're looking, if you're just always looking 10 steps ahead, then you create all of the different scenarios in your mind of everything that's going to go wrong. And then you can't even appreciate your marriage or just the simple joys and beauty in that moment. Yeah. Victoria, I want to dive a little bit deeper into, yeah, maybe some practical advice for some of our listeners and maybe even from the perspective of your sister-in-law who drove that. What are some ways that a couple or a woman who's experiencing this could not necessarily prepare, but perhaps she knows, like in my case, when I went to the doctor on the ultrasound show that the heartbeat had stopped. I had not yet miscarried. I, that was going to happen. It, but I didn't really have resources at the time to know what to do. What do I do now? So maybe what are some tips? So what were some things that your sister-in-law did that were really helpful for you that perhaps someone in our community, if a friend shares this, that this is about to happen or it did happen, what were some things that were helpful to you? So if somebody were going through a miscarriage, actually one of my good friends ended up having a miscarriage about a month after I did. So it was like, Right afterwards, I had just gone through it. I had shared a, about our miscarriage with her, and then she you know, miscarried about a month later. And the biggest piece of, I guess, advice that I would share with them is that it's okay to be sad. And so many times when you see someone crying, like your first instinct is to like try to like tell them, don't be sad or it's going to be okay. Or we are afraid to see like sorrow, which and I know it's uncomfortable, but it's like genuine like sorrow and loss and tragedy. It's okay to be sad. I mean, our lady experienced so much sorrow in her life. And like, even though she trusted God, it wasn't like she didn't trust God and you being sorrowful doesn't mean you don't trust God either, but it's okay to sit in the sorrow. And that's one thing that my sister-in-law Eliza did that was amazing. Like she just let me cry and just held me and just let me cry and didn't tell me like to not cry or to like, it's going to be okay. She just sat there with me and that was just so helpful. So I would definitely encourage if a friend could do that for another friend, especially in a situation where it's mine, like where my husband wasn't there. Like it was just nice to have somebody who was there. The other thing I would say is grief is not linear. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the different stages of grief, but I had never really been through like grief like this before. And you see all the different stages of grief and you think, oh, this is the order that things are going to go in, right? But that's not really true. Like I experienced episodes of feeling like denial, feeling anger, feeling bargaining, all those kinds of things, but like at once, even acceptance sometimes in there as well. And you're like accepting it, but you're still like in denial. Like maybe I didn't actually miscarry. Maybe everything's okay. Those are... I think, excellent suggestions for anyone in our community. At the time of this recording, we will have an episode about grief that you can go back to and pause this episode if you need to, and it will be with a counselor about grief. And I appreciate you saying it's okay to be sad because a lot of, we hear from a lot of women in our community that they feel like they don't have a right to grieve, that there's not a space for that, whether if that's from the perspective of infertility, that it, it feels like there isn't something tangible lost. And so there's what to grieve, but there's a lot to grieve there. There's a oh, lot yeah. to grieve. And from the perspective of loss, certainly grieving the loss of your child. And 
So I really, I appreciate that because I think the social media aspect is something we talk a lot about as a team to protect yourself, your marriage, to take the space that you need. Yeah, that's so great. And do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think that those are great ideas too. And you mentioned social media. We talk about, listen, everybody should be connected to our social media because it's yes. awesome. But, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but it's true that in many different ways and circumstances, regardless of if it's infertility or loss or just about anything else, social media can so much distort our thoughts and so much of our thoughts about ourselves or our lives and our marriages. So that point is really well taken. And I think for everybody in this community to just take care when you're looking at social media, and that made me think about how we can compare ourselves when we look, oh my gosh, their house is so beautiful, or look at her clothes. But we can also compare our crosses. And Jillian, you alluded to that when you talked about the evil one really capitalizing on that and wanting to press those buttons of comparison. And from my perspective, representing people in this community who have never been pregnant, I just wanted to speak out loud the complicated feelings that those of us who have never been pregnant might have, even when we are listening to the stories of our sisters in Christ who have lost, because we can have these feelings like, I'm never going to be a mother. At least you are a mother. Or I don't have any children in heaven, but you do. And so I wonder if you, and maybe both of you can speak to this a little bit. Just to, I guess in a way, those people in our community like myself at ease, like we, it can be very hard because we think, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person because I've thought that. So just if you have any words to speak to those in our community who may be looking at this cross and thinking like, wow, it's terrible. I feel for you. But yet there's this like really tender place in my heart that it pokes at. I've definitely felt all of those feelings and that you have. Like I mentioned before, we went through infertility for two and a half years. So when I would see that someone had a miscarriage, yeah, I would have those thoughts of at least they're a mother or like on Mother's Day, like acknowledging those who have miscarried, like totally beautiful. But I, I have felt like, oh, I'm never going to have that. Like I'll never be acknowledged as a mother. So I can 100% relate to that. And that I feel like that feeling is like super valid. Like it 100% is we have this desire to be a mother. And then when we see someone else is still a mother, even though they don't have a child on earth side, like we can almost feel a little envious of that. But I will say after going through a miscarriage, like I, I had, I knew that it was hard, right? I've been a nurse. I've worked in an emergency department. I've seen women go through a miscarriage. I've seen the, the grief that they've experienced, but it's, it's something else when you yourself go through it and you realize, wow, this is just you don't even realize how hard this is and how much grief this is. Infertility is so hard. Miscarriage is so hard. Unfortunately, I've been through both. And yeah, these are just very heavy crosses. I wouldn't say one is easier than another, right? They're both so heavy. If I might add it in my circle of community and family and friends, because we miscarried and then had years of infertility as opposed to the opposite way, I really felt like I have no way. I know I'm a mother because I have lost these children, but no one is telling me happy Mother's Day or no one. Is. And and so I, I think I'd, what I want to just say is that I think we both experience, like what your experience you were saying, Anne, about, yeah, just some of these really complicated feelings, even within our community for those who have infertility, 
and, and then those who have miscarried, that I felt that same way for those who were able to carry their child to term. And so just to, I think, realize that is part of that grieving process that Victoria was talking about and that it's, it's normal to feel those feelings, but just to encourage you to speak those out loud to someone so that you don't stay there so that you are able to bring those to the Lord and that he can heal them and bring us together instead of divide us because that's not of the Lord. And that there, every season has just such complicated feelings. And sometimes those things that we want to say out loud can feel really silly or really even just, I, I remember thinking like, gosh, I sound so evil in what I want, what I'm feeling. And and it, it, to be able to say it to a trusted person who can give you that space and then bring light into it and to say, I understand how you could feel that way. Let me tell you how I'm feeling. Let me speak truth into the fact that you are an amazing mother and you mother people in all of these ways. And to, yeah, just not to keep that, to keep those inside because that's where, that's the enemy's playground, right? That. So thanks for, yeah, thanks for asking that. Before, before we close this episode, we could probably have a whole season just on these kinds of feelings and losses. But Victoria, do you have any kind of practical advice about how you and your husband are honoring your child and maybe how others can accompany you in that? Like how can friends and family support you in that? Um, some people might be a little bit more public with it than others, but what are some ways that others could join you in honoring your child? And how do you and your husband do that? Yeah. So a couple of things that we did is we um, did name our baby. And I've heard a lot of women do that. And I was like, I 100% want to. So our baby's name is Mary Grace. And that just helps to like humanize the baby and also give a name to reference when we're feeling sad or when we're like praying. I think that really helps. We also did a little burial in our yard and we planted a rose bush for our baby. So I can see that from my porch. So it's really nice to have a place to go to pray and just to be reminded that like this child existed rather than it just being a memory, having something like actually tangible. And then my husband, he actually has a CNC machine. So it does like wood carvings and he did a wood carving of our Lord holding the baby. And he put like, it says separated by distance, but never apart on that. And so we have that in our home and we have a little area in our home that like some people who had sent us cards and stuff like that, or little mementos. We have that kind of in a focal area of our homes. I really didn't want to pretend like this never happened. Like I really wanted, if we have guests come over, like I don't want to pretend like she didn't exist, but that she like is part of our story. Because I feel like a lot of people want to keep it a little bit more private, which I totally respect. But I really did want to like acknowledge her existence because this was a human, like a human being that existed. Those are some of the things that we've done to honor our child. And then as far as things that like a friend could do, going back to what I said before, but like don't minimize their grief. So try not to pretend like it never happened. I know it's a really hard, uncomfortable topic. If you think of it in this way, as Catholics, we're like so strongly opposed to abortion um, because a life has been lost. And that is so true and so good. Obviously, I'm a huge pro-life advocate. But then when a woman loses their child through miscarriage, we go silent or we minimize it. We say, oh, like you just need to trust in God or at least you know you can get pregnant. Those kinds of things, that's so unhelpful and it completely minimizes this child. It completely minimizes their suffering. So literally just saying, I'm so sorry and I'm praying for you. Like actually do it, actually pray for them. 
And also don't forget about them in a couple of months. So I had people like if I shared about the miscarriage, they expressed their sorrow and then I never heard from them again, which I know life gets busy. So it's not like a shame to them. But in a couple of months, you're still going through some grief. You're still going through sorrow. There's still like anniversaries. If you knew when they were going to be due, like it's nice to be able to reach out to them, check on them, see how they're doing. Ask them if they want to talk about it. Like some women don't want to talk about it and some women are like willing to share their story and it helps them grieve. So just see where they're at. And maybe they don't want to talk about it yet, but they will be willing to talk about it later. So just check up on them. That's like definitely a big thing. And then instead of saying, oh, let me know what I can do to help, like actually just jump in and help. So one of my friends, she lost her child after birth. So she went through infant loss, which is a whole nother thing as well. But something that we did was me and my husband, we did this a couple months later because initially there was a big GoFundMe. There was a lot of support, but again, it starts to dwindle a few months later. So one of the things that we did for her was a few months later, we got like a gift basket. We did like a bunch of like self-care items in there and we made them a meal and we surprised them with it and just brought it to their house. So just be willing to jump in, especially think of what if your friend just gave birth, which they did if they just had a miscarriage, they did just give birth. Think about what you would do for them in that situation. Would you send them a card? Would you make them food? Would you like just go and listen to her and help around the house? Or if she has other kids, would you go watch their kids while they can like rest? So think of that, obviously it's a slightly different context, but think of what you would do if your friend just gave birth because she did. So those are my wow. tips. That Sorry, amazing. that's a lot, but. <laughs> no, no, that was great. That was incredible. Those were very practical, very helpful tips. And I, yeah, I can relate in, in many ways that, yeah, I had a friend who actually just recently, yeah, probably about a year ago, I didn't even know this, but he had been praying for us. And he had gone somewhere and a Catholic artist had this image of God, the father's hands holding an infant and he bought it for us and sent, gave it to us with just this really beautiful message. And this, this is now years after we've lost. And so I, I really appreciate that idea of ongoing support. I have yeah friends who remember anniversaries of the loss or perhaps when they would have been due and just check in and, and see how we're doing. So I really, yeah, those are incredible suggestions. And I think, yeah, as a couple discerns how like public or just how they want to honor that child to be able to yeah, ask, would you like to talk about that? Or even referring to their name has really been um, helpful for me. A lot of people refer to our two children by name when they're talking to me or even in text, like just seeing their name written down somewhere is just, it's all those ways are really beautiful to affirm the dignity of life and the grief that someone is going through. Victoria, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and some of these really tender experiences that you've had. But I really do believe that this is going to be helpful for all of the Springs community, no matter where we're at, how we can accompany each other. And also just bringing light to this idea of cross comparisons, that that we are a body of Christ and that we can love one another better and better every day as we get to know our crosses better. So Victoria, I just want to thank you for coming on and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts as well. Yes. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Victoria. We love having you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I really hope this helps serve other women. So I'm grateful to be here. Yes. Listeners, yeah, if you are at a place where you would like to share, you need to share your story with someone. Know that here at Springs of the Desert, we would love to be that friend for you. We're honored to be that friend for you. And just know that we're praying for you. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. We would be so grateful if you took a minute to rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Don't forget to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and community prayer list, read our blog, and register for virtual and in-person events. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.